Thank you for listening to the George Reister Podcast, where faith, family, friendship, fatherhood, food, and sports all collide. All the things that I care about the most. I appreciate your time, appreciate your energy. If you want to get in touch, you can follow me on Twitter, at George Reister. Or send an email to gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Send your questions, comments. Today, we are joined by 14-year NFL veteran, a man with a gold medal, a man with a Super Bowl ring. But there are some things that you're going to learn about him that we're going to talk about today that are much more interesting than all of those things. Please make sure you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, let's get to the interview. Today, we are joined by not current tight end in the NFL anymore. Now, my my brother in, in former tight end arms, Vernon Davis, man. Vernon, uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today, man. We appreciate your time. I'm excited to hear from you. I know you got a lot of value to add, a lot of things that people don't know about you. How you how you feeling, man? How's your family doing in this crazy time of coronavirus and everything like that? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, George. I'm I, I have my health, so that's that's um, that's huge. You know, anytime you can walk away from the game and you you have your health, uh, the game of football being. Uh, my family's doing well. They're staying safe. Everyone's uh, here in Washington D.C. taking care of themselves. Uh, uh, using the 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 platform of social distancing, uh, so that they can help make this world a better place. Before you know it, man. I, well, the biggest question everybody wants to know is: Will there be football? I don't think anybody can answer the question to that, but that would be absolutely nuts. But you got a chance to spend over a decade in the the league, and the coolest part is that you got a chance to retire. Like, you didn't get kicked out of the league because I would imagine, like, you weren't old, hurt, you you know, people don't want you anymore, which happens to probably 99% of players. Even a guy like Peyton Manning, it it was over. Like, nobody wanted Peyton anymore after after that point in time. But you got a chance to retire while you could still play. Like, how does that feel? Because that's like, that's goals right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you know, the goal was always to take it one year at a time. And then when I uh, got to year 10, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep on going. I have to keep going because everyone's dream. You are, it's something about that number 10 to make it 10 oh, years. Yeah. And that's because I guess because it's a decade. And when I made it, I was like, wow, you know, I'll go and I'll see what happens. And the next thing you know, I'm in year 14 and I'm feeling good. I'm healthy. Still haven't had any surgeries. So. I'm ready to continue to keep playing this game. And then uh, I got the year four after year 14, I was like, Hey, I've had a number of concussions. I want to walk out of this game safe, injury free, and make sure that I can uh, live, continue to live for my family, my kids and do whatever it is that I want to do in life. Wait, did I, did I hear that right? Zero surgeries. How did dude, what, that that's some good clean living or something right there. What is the secret? Because that sounds like a blessing. All them years, no surgeries. <laughs> you know, just uh, I don't taking care of my body. I like to pride myself on the amount of massages that I was be, that I was getting uh, three massages a week. Uh, nutrition plays a huge role. That's that's vital. You want to make sure that you're getting all of your vegetables in and. Just staying away from fried food, knowing which oils to use, like like olive oil, uh, fruits, um, 
and just staying on top of it. Your healthy fats, almonds, nuts, um, avocados. And not only that, but making sure you're seeing the chiropractor and yeah, man, just, just doing, doing, doing things the right way. Not doing too much. Sometimes guys can do too much. You don't want to do too much. Just do what works for you. Find something that works for you and do it consistently over time. See, who taught you this? Because I learned all of this stuff after I finished playing, after it was too, after it was too late, after a bunch of surgeries, bunch of injuries. And like, who, who taught you how to be a pro or did you figure this out just by happenstance? The biggest thing in life is listening, listening and follow direct, following direction. So I listened, I asked questions. I was very, I was one of those inquisitive guys in the locker room because I wanted to, I wanted to be successful. And I, and I knew that in order to be successful, I had to have the tools to navigate uh, through this game, through this game, in the, whether it's in the locker room, on the field. And I took the advice and I just took off with it. And so once you, once you learn that, once you learn that, um, you use it, you use it and you don't stop. And like I said, consistency is all, is always the key. Listening, following directions and being super consistent. Who did you listen to the most? Like who were the veterans when you came in, you went to San Francisco yeah. Like as a young kid out of Maryland, like who did you go to in that locker room and say, okay, I need to pay attention to this guy and who gave you good direction? Brian Young. I, I remember vividly, Brian Young was my go-to guy. He was the first guy I went up to because he was a, he was one of those OG. savvy veterans. Yeah. OG Brian Young. He was, he was the man. He really showed me the way and having him in that locker room was, was, uh, was a plus for me because he, he had everything. He had all of the answers to all of my questions. So I, I took a lot of his advice. And then from there, I just continued to go on and, and collect more information from other guys. Yeah. After your I mean, I would imagine that there's a lot of pressure on a first round pick. You were the sixth pick overall in, in the draft. But there there's a lot of pressure. And because I know it was a it was a lot of pressure for me as well. But I would imagine that it's a little bit different for a guy who is supposed to come in and as a tight end, supposed to save the franchise and all of that. Mm -hmm. And you were a rookie. You had some drops early. Like, how did that affect you and the media and the things that they were saying? Um, I didn't let it affect me because I, I, I was already prepared. I was prepared for the critics and the doubts. So if you're prepared and you know that you're going to run into those those obstacles, then you know that you have to do everything you can to push through it. It's just a storm and it's only temporary. And if you listen to it, then you'll you'll get sucked in and you'll you'll fail. I, I want to take I want to go back to the the combine for a second for you because that was when you kind of I mean I, obviously people knew who you were in college, but I think the thing that really exploded was the mm -hmm. fact that you ran a 4-3 at the Combine. Like, yeah. did you know before you went there that you were going to run a 4-3? It, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, when I was going, you know, you go into the meetings, George, when you, before the night before the, the actual event, right? You go into the yep. meetings, you meet with the coaches. And I sat there, it was like, hey, well, are you excited about tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going I'm gonna run a, a good forty times. Like, where are you gonna run? North Turner. I remember North Turner asking me, "Like, where are you gonna run?" I heard four three, four four. We're right, uh, uh, a nice four four. He was like, "Really? You think you can run that?" I was like, "Oh, I know I can do it." <laughs> I was very <laughs> confident. 
I was I was super well, young, but very confident in my ability to be able to go out there and run. Well, I mean, running is one of those things that if you've like you've been timed so many times in college, so many times when you're working out for the uh, draft, and if you're running faster than the DBs and the wide receivers that you're working out with, I would imagine that would instill some of confidence. Yeah, and I just you know you you run it so many times. I mean, from through, through, from high school to college, I've I've been timed. Well, I ran the forty so many times, so it was to me it was it was just innate to go out there and just be able to put up those numbers because I was I knew I was going to do it. I was confident, uh, and I was prepared. Yeah, we uh, we're going to talk talk about some of the stuff that you're doing after the uh, game because you've gotten into uh, film. You have been doing some angel investing, all that stuff, which we'll get to. But I'm wondering is about your, you are 36 years old, right? Yes. And you are technically retired from your first profession, which most people don't get to do. Like, this is a blessing. You are retired from a profession. So now what? Because... Like, how do you feel that that time? Like, what what led you to film and venture capital as your next passion? A venture capitalist? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just uh, just the you know the, the desires of your heart. You always follow. You always follow. Um, you always follow what you're into. You know, you you put like I said, you put just like football. You put your heart and soul into it, and you. You explore, you learn, you navigate, you ask questions, and you 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 take what you get and you you follow those directions. And and for me, it's just always I've always wanted to succeed. And whatever whatever is on my mind, I try to I try to make sure I you know moving towards that moving move towards that direction. And uh, I do what I uh, I want to do. Is well is is it more of a a mamba like ob- obsession or is it just more of a, a a determination like is there a, like can can you relate to that is it somewhere in the middle where uh, do you stand on that i think it's a determination like i learned you learn that from football and i it's interesting because uh it's it's actually cool because when i get a t- have an, whenever i have an opportunity to talk to younger guys or just people who are, who are asking questions about my career and how i was able to have the longevity that i've had i tell them that i, I learned one thing and i learned um I learned how to outwork everyone that I'm going up against and how you do it is by, by going in and you, like I said, consistent, coming back to consistency, consistency, consistency is always going to be there. That word, you'll find that word all the time because it's true. If you find something, uh, you find something and you do it every day for the time, for the, 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 the tenure of, of that particular event, then you'll become it'll just be innate and it'll just become like uh like second nature to you. You know, you, you go out and do it. So for, when I was playing football, I would get on that machine, the jug machine, you know about the jug machine, right? Yeah. Too. Yeah. So yeah. Man, you got to live on that thing. Oh yeah. You got to live on it. You live on it. I lived on it. I wouldn't leave that field until I um, caught 200 balls in that jug machine. And not only did I do that, I also worked on the little things, um, that you need, like uh, your, your 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 route running. I had something that I would do for my route running, and um, I would do it every single day, so that when I go out there the next day, I'm polished. I've seen it over and over and over. I've done it, and now I'm ready to go. 
How about the, I, I know that you're early in retirement because you just announced it with, uh, with a Gronk in that retirement video, but mm. there comes a point where every player, um, every player that I've ever talked to, they go through that point where they do m- not necessarily miss playing the game, but they miss the camaraderie because you're either mm. in the locker room or you're out of the locker room. Like there's no transition, there's no in between. And then a lot of times there's a level of, depression that goes on in in players because they're like even though I'm doing something else that I love like I miss being around the facility I miss being in the locker room even if it's not so much playing the game so what's your preparation for for that and how do you think you'll handle that just understanding that you 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 fall you get up and you keep moving right just like a kid I think about that analogy uh you how your parents always tell you, you get get up and you keep on going like just like in life and everything that you do, there's going to be uh, moments where uh, you start working for, for working somewhere or with an organization or you're on a different team, but you're not going to always be on that team. You're going to have to have to move forward and, and continue to keep going and do take everything that you learn and put it into that next team uh, or that next, um, that next venture that you have. Right. So you yep. just have to understand that and know, uh, trust the process. It's all about trusting the process. Yeah. You are filling a lot of your time with with acting. In 2017, you were in Baywatch. 2019, uh, Hell on the Border, which is a film about Bass Reeves, the first black deputy U.S. marshal west of the Mississippi. And you played a guy named Columbus Johnson who helped free other slaves to freedom. And um, and then I I saw that you just wrapped uh, Red Red Winter, which you're it, it. I'm feeling like it's a snowmobile movie where you're like Liam Neeson in Cold Pursuit. Like what what what's going on with that one? Red Winter is about a couple who who goes on a treat to work in their relationship. They discover they witness a murder. Uh, their tour guide had has been killed. Now they have to run from the bad guys. So it's kind of like they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Not only is the main character, Daniel, who I was playing, uh, is working on his relationship with his girlfriend, Carla, but he also has to win over her dad because her dad thinks that he's just this this loser of a guy and he can't take care of his daughter. He's been, he's you know, he, he cheated on her and, you know, he's just he's just not the man for her, but he's he has to prove everyone wrong and show that he deserves a second chance. He is the man for for Carla. He can do better. He can protect her. He's everything that she needs. And so he has his hands hands full with uh with this journey that he's taken, not only winning her over, but protecting her, making sure she's safe and proving her dad wrong. Oh, did you have I I know the question that everybody wants to know is. Did you have to do a love scene in this movie? Uh, like intimacy? Yeah. No, no, there was no intimacy. There was just all, it was just your uh, generic, uh, pretty much just lo- just in love, uh, fighting, navigating through difficult times, and uh, ups, good times, bad times. Kind of okay. Movie. Um, what what else um, do you have in the pipeline for your for your acting, producing, anything like like that? Yeah, well, every film I get in, I'm, I'm in, I usually try to do uh, go in as an executive producer. Um, so I have um, a film called 
vivisection that I'm working on. It's like like an ape movie, uh, like a military ape, apes in the lab working on that on on ape, apes, and then they come back and uh, they're they're monsters, and now we have to slow them down. And it's one of those kind of films um, that we're still working on developing, but that's going to be ready pretty soon, uh, maybe by 2021. Uh, for this year, we have Brianna, a message from Brianna, which is a horror, a horror film about this guy and this girl who gets married, move, moves into his his childhood home that he grew up in with his grandparents, and now there's um there's a spirit in the house that's going through their 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 one year old daughter, right? It, it has possessed her. Now she's uh she's possessed, and now she's like uh they have to really be careful with her and get her help and. And um, they just navigate through those tough times in that in this house uh, uh, and dealing with this spirit. Um, What's the difference between the acting world and the and helping produce movies and all of that than your experience? Or how do you take your experiences from football and take them over into acting? Well, it's just uh, you. Well, first of all, you take the you take the hard work and dedication. You, like I said, you take something, you you do something every day. You work on the craft. You're continuing to work on it. Um, now, as far as the amount of time that you're putting into it, uh, that's up to you. But if you're dedicated to the craft, you're going to put time in regardless. And so, are just, you taking classes and are you taking acting classes and all of that as well? Every week, I take every week. I have about two sessions a week. I just work, and and not only am I having I have no sessions, I'm actually working. I'll get up and I'll work on uh, work on the craft. Whether it's like uh, whether I'm putting together like a a skit, I got my phone out working on my my facial expressions, my emotions, and you know just just staying loose, just staying ready, staying loose. Because uh, there's always something to work on. But the the biggest task is breaking down that film, having your backstories. Backstory meaning like before you're going into the script, what is this character? Where are they coming from? What has he done? Give us some kind of story. And it's a story that you're, you're pretty much, it might not be on the script, but you're making this story up with the, because it gives you direction and your scene objectives yeah. and your overall objective, right? You use those. And, and then as you, as you're going through, you have your subject feelings, subject words based on the dialogue. Uh, then there's beats and there's actions. Uh, every beat, every beat, in a uh, in a scene is when the thought changes, so they want you to coach taught me how to how to how to figure out those beats and actions, and uh, pretty much there, man, thoughts and feelings. You want to just stay with thoughts and feelings whenever you're acting. Uh, less is more. Conversation. Uh, keep your voice at a conversation uh, uh, level. Uh, yeah, and that and that's it, and and you stay true to it. That's great, man. So, how is is your family very supportive of your of your next? of your of your second career not because you even though you retired from one your second career and your third career as far as being in venture capital and all of that as well are they supportive yeah my family's supportive uh just like anything else people people always watch you they look but they they don't know what's gonna they don't they don't know what to make out of it until it actually happens you know what i mean it's it's awesome and you probably can attest to this being able to do something and know that you know, everyone around you is, it's like everyone's, uh, at a standstill. You, you, it's like you're, you, you watch that movie, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. You watch the new Sonic. Yeah. With Jim Carrey. Yeah. You see how he, they were in the bar and he was going at full speed and everybody, everyone was frozen. They were still. Yeah. That's how life is, man. And I, and I look at life like that because 
I've always said when I was a kid, the neighborhood that I grew up in, everyone that I hung out with, they might, they, they, they love hanging out in the corner, standing on, standing on that corner, just doing nothing. Right. And I said that to myself, the, the guys, all the guys that I, that I was growing up with, well, not all of them, but some of them, um, they, 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 they'll still be on that corner when I come back after I get drafted, you know, I go on and, and play 14 years in the league. I come back, they're still going to be there, right? And, and it's true. You, you know, if you think of it that way, you know, you're you're running circles and you're doing everything you need to do, and uh, everyone, it's like everyone's in slow motion, but you're moving at a pace that that's unexplainable, you know. And you're 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 doing achieving all of the things that you want to achieve. Yeah. So let's go into your family a little bit. So you are, uh, what number of seven of seven kids? I'm the oldest of seven. Okay, so you're the oldest of seven, but you guys were raised by your grandparents, right? Yes, my grandparents, uh, Adeline and Linwood. And so I want to go forward to go backwards. Um, So being that you were raised by by them, so they were very influential in your life, clearly very supportive. But Uh uh, September 8th, 2019, your week one of last season, uh-huh. you had an amazing, probably I would probably say one of your. I I don't think I've seen every single one of your touch your 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 touchdowns because you see highlights a lot of times. But this mm-hmm. particular one was probably one of the most amazing. Where you had you you literally were in the backfield. You caught a little three yard flat route. Three or four people hit you. You jumped over, and then inexplicably, you're able to run for a touchdown. And like, take us through that whole day. What that significance of that day was. Everything like that. Well, it's the most devastating day of my life. I've never experienced anything like it. Uh, you, you uh, I take you back. with growing up in a house. Imagine yourself growing up in a house for people. This is for um, the individuals that have has not, who's never experienced anything like it like losing someone but you 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 have so many thoughts and memories of this person that you grew up with and and they're all positive all good uh especially a father figure like my granddad he was like he was my father because my father wasn't really around so i you 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 have all of these thoughts and images in your mind and then when he's gone it's like wow i'm never going to see this person again so you you go into complete panic mode. Like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm never going to see him again. Um, so then, when he's gone, now now he's gone. You know, you go through the, the entire process of of them taking him and uh, his body, removing his body, and, and and now you're like, wow. You know, you see him, then he's gone, and and, and you know he's gone for, for you're never going to see him again until until you're until you you pass and you go on and you you guys are reunite reunite you guys are reunited in heaven um but that 24 hours 28 24 to 48 hours is the most devastating 24 to 48 hours of your life because you're you're you feel like you lost a piece of you you know you're fighting uh, you're breathing heavy you're you're hurt you're in pain um and now you have to go out that next day and play a game. All I could think of is my grandfather. I mean, I had, I was weak. I didn't know how I was going to get through, but I just held on to faith. I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to help these guys win this game. I'm going to play to the best of my ability. 
and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to contribute. And I did that. And I knew that I was safe. I knew that my granddad, this game, something uh, within this game was going to happen that I could dedicate to my granddad. It was in my, it was deep down, deep down inside me. You know, it, it wasn't even the simple fact that it was on my mind. It was just inside me. So when I caught that pass, I just gave it everything that I had, you know, and I and turned up, saw the guy, hurdled him, hurdled him, kept go, stayed on my feet and kept going. Um, don't know how it happened. I, I can't even, I can't even. That was unbelievable, it. dude. That was some <laughs> angels in the outfield kind of, I was like, what? They didn't tackle him. How did that happen? I can't but, explain it. <laughs> ah, man, that's just like that's just a testament of of how when you have that sort of energy and all of that that it just it just manifests. And mm-hmm. so what went into that decision to play after the most de- devastating day of your life, you know, 24 hours before that? Um you said what went into the decision? Yeah, Before. yeah, because because there are some players who, at times, some players, when they have tragedies like that, they decide to play. Some players, they sit out the game. What went into that decision for you to play that game? Uh, this is, well, I knew I had to – I couldn't let my teammates down. I just wanted to be a team player. I wanted to do what I had to do, man, because, like I said, like I just talked about as a kid, you get knocked down, you get back up, you keep moving, right? So that's always been – that's been instilled, instilled – in me uh, since the beginning of time, since, since I was born, right. My, I just had those, I can hear them. I can hear it in my, in my mind, you know, just get back up, keep going. Right. So no matter what we go through, we have to continue to keep fighting no matter what, you know, you, whether you're sick in bed, you got a cold, you have to go to work. You still have to fight through it. You have to fight. We're born to fight as human beings. That's what we do. We fight, we navigate it in the moment that you feel like you can't fight. I mean, what do you have? I mean, that's that's the yeah. that's the that's the joy of life, man. Being able to look back on your life and seeing and feeling those times, those times that 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 you fought, right? Because you'll you'll need yeah. it. you'll need it because you can be it can be a moment where uh, of despair where you're just at your lowest point in life, and you go back and you reflect and you 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 feel those emotions and those 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 thoughts, right? And and you use it, and that's what acting is. Act acting is acting is thoughts and feelings. You're reconnecting yeah. with life. That's why I love acting because you're reconnecting with life, and you're going back to those thoughts and feelings, and you're using them as substitutions in your work. Right? Whether you can be, it can be a scene where. Sorry to jump the gun and allude to something else, but it can be a scene nah, where you're. Nah, nah. <clears throat> it can be a scene where you're, where you have. Uh, I don't know, like. Uh, it can be any kind of scene, right? Where you're, just say you're, you're fighting. Uh, you have a scene, and you're talking to uh, a kid, right? You're talking to a kid, and you you're trying to motivate him or something, right? You can go back to a moment where you try, you had to talk to your uncle or your or your dad, and you had to give him some some advice to to get him over the hump, right? You use that, you use him as a substitution for that, like. You go back to those thoughts and those feelings of that day, and that's what yeah. acting is. That so, makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's pretty awesome, man, to to have those times and those moments because you you pull them, you pull them from your life and put them into your work. Well, <laughs> you 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 mentioned your father. You said he was not around. Like, is he around now? What what role did he play in your life? Does he play in your life? 
And how is that kind of well? Actually, yeah, we'll we'll start there. Well, yeah, yeah, he's around. He's always been around. But you, you know, it, it's it's one of those things, man, where you have a good dude. He's he's always been a great guy, always around. I've always had access to him. I, I know where to find him. Uh, I see him often. He's never been a guy that's been on drugs or did anything wrong. Good, positive dude. But it, you know, he just he just had he he just was who he was. You you know, he he was just one of those yeah. guys that just. You know, that was his space. That was his lane. You know, I'm here. But as far as raising the kids, some some people just don't know how to do it. And it's not their fault. I'm not blaming it on him. It's not his fault at all. You know, I totally forgive him for not being there. It's just you you support, you understand, you forgive, you move on, and you just be compassionate with other people. Um, So uh, it's just one of those things, you know, it's just yeah. a relationship I'm- that. I remember hearing Will 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 Smith say something where, and you mentioned to where you forgive him, all 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 of this stuff, and he said that, and there's, and you kind of alluded to there's probably probably some things in his past that made him how 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 he is, and that uh-huh. we aren't, and what Will Smith said was that we aren't, um, that we didn't cause what other people did to us. However, we are responsible for for changing it or doing something different. So as as your father, as your father was absent in your life, he was doing his own thing. You you, you know, like you said, he wasn't in trouble, any of that. But but he had more important things that he had in his life at that time. How has that affected you as a father of three kids? It may it makes you anything that you didn't have you learn you you we learn to navigate and use those things in our life with our kids like if I if I didn't have a certain thing in my life with my dad with my mom or dad then I would I would make sure that I'm I'm giving that those those things to my kids right and 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 it's it's innate it becomes innate because you don't want to it, it's it's a hurt it's it's a pain that you hold deep down inside so. You know, it's, it will be innate for you to only give those things to your kid, you know. Uh, and, yeah. and for me, that's that's huge for me. You know, I just have to do it. I have to make sure that I'm there for them and I'm giving them those things that I didn't have. Yeah, I'm always thinking about that with my with my nephew, like his dad is not around. He is an actor. He's a really great athlete, does well in school. I mean, just a freaking wonderful kid. But his dad is just not around and I can't. But we know where he is, sort of. And we know he's alive, but he just doesn't want to be a part of it. And so I'm always concerned because I remember on Father's Day a couple years ago and my granddad, I'm sorry, my dad is is my nephew's dad, essentially. You you, you know how your grandfather was. And my my nephew said said to me a couple years ago, he was like, Uncle, I, I hate father's. Father's Day because he was with me on Father's Day. And um I was like, okay. And he was like, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm so mad at my, my dad. I don't talk about it to everybody. But, you know, I love that you're with Damon, who who is his cousin, who is three weeks older than him. They're they're three weeks apart. And he was just <laughs> like, it makes him so mad and it hurts him so much. And I'm just sitting there like, I can't even imagine because my, my my parents are still together. I can't imagine like having an absent father, like how, what type sort of thing that that does, what can I tell 
my nephew or how can I help him in the situation? Um, you just give him positive words of positive words of, you know, just information, just share good information, keep them, um, give him, uh, share, share. I think just giving him information, like, uh, eluding back to stories, um, uh, where individuals had to, uh, triumph and, and, and fight through the obstacles and just giving him positive words of, uh, encouragement that's that's pretty much it i mean um i'm sure you have stories that you can share uh we all do we all have positive stories but giving him that encouragement that he needs and uh based on the information that you're able to collect from him you'll know exactly what what that person need and you give it to him you share it with them so that they can be uplifted and they can continue to go on in life and and make it through okay and during this time when you were raised by your grandparents, where was your mom at? My mom was around. She was in and out. Uh, she struggled with uh, with drugs early on. You know, doing there was a big drug epidemic uh, there in the eighties, um, so she struggled a bit. But she was still in and out, coming around. But uh, but yeah, but but the biggest thing now is that she's healthy and she's she's made a transition in her life where she had to overcome some obstacles and. Yeah, I'm proud of her. I applaud her for her effort and dedication to get back on track. Well, that's a blessing because because a lot of times people don't make it out of those situations. And yeah. So how how has that had? Do you feel like that that's played an impact on any of your relationships? Because you are like like me in the fact that you've had some. You, you know, some public relationships, you, you, you have your three kids, uh, from, from a previous relationship. Do you think that all of that, you know, backstory in your family and your life and all of that has affected your ability to have relationships or meaningful <clears throat> ones? Cause I know for me, it kind of did for, for me. Uh, yeah, it did. I, I think I use a lot of the stuff that a lot of the things that I've been through in my life. I use them in my life today. Um, and it does affect you. Some subconsciously, there's a lot of stuff there. But uh you one thing I, I know that you have to talk about those things to bring them to surface. You have to it, it helps you to get things off of your chest because sometimes it's as well most times as as individuals, human beings, we hold on to a lot of stuff and we it's just bottled up. So we have to talk about it at times. But I, we we also use those things to make us better. You know, it makes us better because the energy, the energy, the, the, the pain, the energy, uh, from the pain, uh, the hurt, the pain, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of those things. It's a catalyst for us to do what we're doing today. It's, it, it, it's our motivation. It's our, our means to navigate and get through life and be the most positive, uplifting, uh, dedicated souls that we can be here on, on, on earth during this time. Yeah. I'm a big believer in therapy now because I didn't, when I was younger, like I grew, I was born in Memphis, lived there until I was eight. We moved out to Cali and you know, in black families, everybody's like, Oh no, only white people don't only they go to therapy because they can't deal with their problems, all of this. But I sought therapy after I finished playing and I was like, wow, this is actually really, really good. I like it. Are you a yeah. believer in therapy or or do you find another outlet for that? 
I love therapy. Now I love it. I love it. Uh, I do have an outlet, an outlet, which is art, art, whether it's painting. Um, but now since I've been studying the, um, since I've been studying acting, I use it through that, you know, acting is my outlet, uh, when it comes to therapy, because I can go back, like I said, I go back and I tap into my past experiences and I use it in my work. So that's therapy for me. It's very therapeutic. I love it. Um, okay. Let's go to your fatherhood. Um, I'm, I'm a father of five kids. Uh, every, I've talked about it on many podcasts, shows, all of this stuff. Everybody knows we have a blended family, all of that. But like every, like some of my kids, we, I I have them half the time and every week, like it, I, I'm like broke, like a little piece of me breaks off every week, every time they go back with their mom. And it just hurts, it, even though it's been like this for 14 years for my, for my oldest son. And it's always something that I, I live with a lot of regret and a lot of struggle with that at times. I, but ugh, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's always hard, but you understand what it is. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? Well, George, you just have to know, understand who you are. As per, you're, you're, you're still, no matter what you, no matter what you do and how you do it, you're still a great person. You're a great father. You're a great person. And I know deep down inside that you're doing the best that you can possibly be. And all you can do is give your best. So you can't let it beat you up. You just got to give your best. And like I, I always use it. You, you, some, we fall, we get back up, we keep moving and we get better. We do better. Right. As yeah. long as you can wake up. Wake up in the morning, whether it's whether it's today or whether it's tomorrow, and be better than you were the day before. That's all that matters. What does I I when when, when we when we talked prior to the podcast, I talked about how I had to rebuild my <clears throat> relationship with my oldest son because so many negative interactions had happened previously when with you know, with me and his mom's relationship, all the, all of that, there was stuff on the internet, all of that. And I know that you experienced that as well. So how do you talk to your children about it? How do, you know, do you handle that? Because it's not like everybody else's situation to where when something bad happens, it doesn't just happen to you and your family in the private confines and then a couple people in the community. No, the world can see what happened. They can see the tweets. They can see the the posts. All of that. How do you deal with that? <clears throat> well, you do. You 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 be a good. You you just do. You just do the right thing. You do the right thing. You be the best human being that you can be, and you give them what you can give them, which is the truth, your honest truth. Um, you give them your opinion, and you leave it at that. Because all you can do, George, is just give them uh, your side. There's always two sides to the story, right? And the rest is up for them to figure it out. They use their intellect, their discernment, and they just, they, they decipher through it that way. Because, I mean, there's nothing you can do. You can only, you can only control the things that that you can control, right? You can't control them then, you know, you, you, there's nothing you can do about it, but you can only control, like I said, you can only, we hear that all the time. You only control the things that you can control if it's in your power, right? Yep. And the right thing is just telling them the truth. And at the end of the day, once, when they get older, they'll, 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 they'll figure it out. Think about your life and think about you where you're at right now as a man, right? If someone, if someone, if your mom and dad told you something or you saw something on them 
when you were 10 and 11 years old, oh, it, it would affect you in so many ways. But as you get older, you start asking questions, you become inquisitive, you inquire, and then you piece it all together. It's like a puzzle. That's the great thing about life. Right. And that's all you can do. Yeah. And, and the rest is up to them. See, I, I, I struggled with that initially, but I came to <laughs> peace with it. Which was okay. So some of these things happened in the, in the past, and you were painted. I, I felt like I was painted mm -hmm. a certain certain way. But then right. you see, as your kids get older and smarter, they start asking questions, and they figure out what's what, what's good about you, what's bad about you, what's good about everybody else in the situation, and all of that. And they are able mm -hmm. to put together things. And seeing that happen has been put me at more peace. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome, man. It's 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 the circle of life. It's what we go through. Is what we have to deal with. And yep. and as long as you stay true to yourself and you do the right thing, that's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. Doing the right thing and trying your best to be the best that you can be. Like I said, if you wake up the next day and you better than you were, you're better than you were yesterday. Then you're on the right track. Yep. Um, now we can move on to some friendships and, and all of that. And our, and your, and your brother Vante, who played in the league as, as well. I think, well, I, obviously Vante was a good corner. He was in, uh, Miami first. And then I think it was the Indianapolis and then Buffalo. Right. Uh, -huh. um, so, but the, but the most famous thing I would probably say that Vante did was when he was in Buffalo, he retired at halftime. He was just like, yo, 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 I quit. I'm not going back out. And everybody thought it right. was just a one-day thing. He was like, no, I'm done. And uh -huh. so did you know that that was going to happen before it happened? Did he call you at halftime? Did you guys talk about it? How did this play out in, in the Davis family? Uh, no, I didn't know he was going to do it. He called me at halftime, and I was, I was actually um, – it was halftime for me as well. I forget who we were playing, uh, but I see a missed call from Vontae. He called me like three times, so I'm like, something must be wrong. Yeah, because it's never calls during the game. During halftime. Yeah, it's during the game. What's going on? So I was, you know, I was hoping for the best, uh, but I was also preparing for the worst. So I called him. He's like, he's retiring. I was like, what do you mean? I couldn't figure it out, but <laughs> I had to stay focused, man. So I was like, look, I'm going to give you a call when, I, when I'm done with this game. I don't want to you know, lose my composure. Um, I want to stay focused on the task at hand, so I'll give you a call back, bro. This, I just couldn't. I thought it was a joke. Uh, it turned out that Vontae had it was halftime. He got in his car, he left, went home, and decided to hang it up. He just got in the car and left at halftime. Was like, "Yo, I'm out." Like, was was there? A he was like, "Yo," he was like, "Yo, I'm out." Peace. Hit him with the Randy Moss. Peace out. Peace. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure, and his teammates. I mean, we, you know, it's 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 obvious that his teammates didn't like it. Some of his team, some well, it was probably fifty fifty. Some some supported, some uh, was against him. Uh, but it's to be expected. I mean that that's for the rest of Vontae's life. He's gonna have to deal with that. Uh, there's gonna be people that are gonna be for him, uh, and there's gonna be people that are gonna be against him. They're not going to approve of what happened. You know, See, you I'm know? not. And, I'm not mad at him, man. I'm not <laughs> mad at him, especially when you're playing a violent game like it is in mm -hmm. fo football. I mean, he could have got a sense in his spirit, like you know, I'm done. I don't want to do this no no more. I mean, he could have went out and died in in the in the second half. Could have got paralyzed. Anything. He may have taken the right road out. 
like you can't force somebody to go out and play. He was done. When you're done, you're done. Yeah, when you're done, you're done. You're right. Some people, it, it that works for some people. Some for some people, it doesn't. I mean, I can. Yeah. You know, we can in life. We like I said, you do the right thing. And for me, uh, you know, even though it's my brother's my brother or not, I still have to do the right thing and see the good. Play the devil's advocate and see the good side of it. Right. You you see yeah. the good side and everything. I mean, I just. Of course, it's easy to sit up here and say that he quit. He gave up. He turned his back on his team. No, no man quits, right? But then we have to. That's yeah. That's always going to be there. That's in life, right? But let's take the good side of it and let's see what he did as a hero. How 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 was Vontae Davis a hero? How how did he become a hero? He became a hero because he said, "Look, guys, <clears throat> I'm going to stand here as a man, right?" He was that. That's what he was saying through his actions, and he. I'm going to do you guys a favor. I'm going to do you justice, and I'm going to walk away right now before I let you guys down. Uh, somebody, a lot of people might say he should have handled it handled it differently. Would I have handled it differently? Yes, I probably would have. But that's me. That's that's my side. Yeah, Vontae wanted to do it his way, and, and and that's cool. You know, that's cool for him that he wanted to do it that way. You know, uh, he he didn't think he can go out there and give his all, right? And like you said, he could have gotten hurt. It could have been a, a career-ending injury. Anything could have happened had he went back out there with the wrong mindset, right? Yeah. So he did it his way, and, and that was his way. And and no one can argue. I mean, everyone has a different way of doing it. There's some people would have went out and sat there on the bench and waited till the game was over and did it did it after the game. There's some people that came in the next day and did it. Like there's so many ways that it could have been done. Um, but like I said, everyone's going to have their opinion. Um, for, for me, I'll make a choice. I'll make a decision to play devil's advocate and, and, and take the positive out of what has been, what has been, uh, put in place. Yeah. I, I just, okay. So I don't subscribe to the same team thing that everybody else does. Like, like I, I believe that NFL teams are a collection of, of, of mercenaries attempting to get the same goal while they're trying to achieve their individual goals at, at the same time. Like, right. like, like for instance, you got a chance to win super, super bowl 50, right? So <laughs> would you, mm-hmm. here's a question for you. Would you trade that super bowl vic- victory? Cause I don't think that you had any uh, catches in that, in that whole playoff. Would you trade that super bowl ring and that super bowl victory for a hall of fame gold jacket? Uh, Hall of Fame gold jacket, the Super Bowl ring. Um, you know that's a that's a tough position to be in because if you think about it, right? Well, there, I'm sure there'll be two. There'll be a number of um. There'll be you'll probably get a uh, a lot of different answers on this one because a lot of guys have different reasons why they play. Just like Vontae had different reasons what to, uh to retire. A lot of guys might play, say, hey, I, I, you know, I came in to play for the jacket, you know, and that's cool. You know, the, you have your reasons. Uh, for me, I came in for both. But <clears throat> if I had to decide, I'd rather take the Super Bowl ring than, than the yellow jacket. Because, And I say what? that because, yeah, I'm going to say that. I say that, George, because there's nothing like winning something that big, winning a championship, yeah. winning a trophy with with. 53 men that you fight with that you've been battling with you know these aren't men that you've been just if you go 14 years you've been bad you you you're winning this not only are you winning this 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 ring for for the men that you're playing with but you're winning it 
for everyone that you played with during your tenure uh, of playing football. You know, you know what I'm saying? They might not have been on that team, but you can stand up and you can hold that and say, when you look back, you're not looking back at, at just that team that you won that, won that, uh, won that championship with. You're looking back at all of the teams that you played with because all of the experiences that you created, um, you, you're, you're taking that with you. You you be like, I played for the San Francisco 49ers. I played for Denver Broncos. Now I'm playing for the Washington Redskins. Collectively, all of that, that, that body of work that you have, I mean, it led up, led up, led to you winning that championship. You, you, you know what I mean? Now, if you won the championship yeah. when you were in San Francisco, your first three, three, two to three years, then you, you don't have any other experiences. Your only experiences you have, you can take with you is from high school and college. <clears throat> But even still, you you're still there's there's a there's a body of work that you created and that you're winning that trophy for and you're taking it all with you. You have high school, you have little league, high hey, school, college. I, I won championships. Yeah, I won championships in high school. I won and I mean, but like I and I wanted to win a Super Bowl. I wanted to win mm-hmm. a Super Bowl, but even but after my, in my post career, I see the difference uh-huh. between a Super Bowl <laughs> ring and a and and then so yeah. you are so you are like a 1% of college players that make it to the league. And then 1% uh-huh. of those players make it to the hall of fame. Like I'm like, I'm, I see to Terrell Davis all the, all the time. Our kids play on the same, same team, all this. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there just like, dude, that, that gold jacket is a gift that keeps on giving brother. Like that is the gift uh-huh. that keeps on giving. So for, for me, I would trade, I would trade two Super Bowl rings for a, for a hall of fame trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, for, like I said, Hall everyone's opinionated. You, yep. you have your reasons. I have my reasons. I have my 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 thoughts and you know opinions yeah. that how I see things. And it's awesome. That's what I love about it. You know, I want to hear your side. You want to hear my side. I want to hear the next man's side. Yeah, it, it's just awesome to hear different sides and what why the reasons and why why people do certain things and and what they believe their belief system. So that's cool. I yep. love it. Okay, so we got two two more sports sports questions. Then we're gonna get over into what you got going on in your tech tech stuff. Um, so at Maryland, I remember when uh, you came out, uh, light lights out, Sean Merriman. You guys were rolling over there at Maryland, and there mm-hmm. was suspicion. There was a cloud of suspicion. I don't know if you guys knew it around you guys because you read a four three all these phenomenal Mm. athletes coming out and then Mm. uh people were wondering hold up hold up this looks like a steroid factory over here or a ped factory did you Uh, did you guys hear those rumors first thing yeah i heard that a lot you know but i i didn't buy into it I, i didn't i didn't look at it that way because you know you it's like um it it was just all accusations you know accurate people were saying this people were saying that but it was cool it's like the critics you let the critics talk you let people say what they want to say yeah but then sean test positive so then it was like ooh, yeah i don't know I, yeah it could have been anything i mean you, yeah you, you, you yeah don't that's know, true but it, you know it's it's he tested positive yes it, does it hurt does it hurt the team not not really because you know he he's doing what he he what you know no one really knows what what he was doing and i don't know he doesn't know i, I mean, he knows but at the end of the day i mean we can't say we can't yeah we yeah can't every really, it, it, um, is, is if it was going on you weren't a part of it 
Yeah, I mean, whatever he was doing, he was doing. You know, it's none of yeah. my business. You know, that's all. That's all. That's all. That you know, that's him. That's, yep. that's you know, that's what he lives with, and that's what he have to live with. You know, but but no one can what no one can take from it. They might say he was it was PEDs, but but yeah, Dude, he was can a PEDs savage on the field, get you bro. from can PEDs take you from 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 what elementary school all the way up until to being a success in the NFL? No, no, you can't make it that far. <laughs> so you have to give him the credit that he deserves, yes. you know what I mean? Whether, whether he did it or not, or, or, or did it, you know, he still yeah. deserves some, some, uh, some form of credit for his longevity and uh, what he's done, not only since high school, but from, but in college and in the NFL, you know, he's had a, he had a tremendous phenomenal yes. career. And at the end of the day, if you, if you didn't, if, if you didn't catch him doing anything then, but you caught him now, Okay, he could have woke up that that day and did what he did, or he could have woke up uh, a week before and did what he did. But what about the times? Yeah, that he that he did that he did what he did on, at the highest level possible, and he wasn't considered using uh, uh, the the performance enhancing drug. Right, Dude, he you know what I mean. Savage. You have to yeah. look at that. Yeah, he, I he totally was a, agree. He was a great. Give him give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, he did what he did, but everybody has stuff that they do, right? Yeah. Um, but. Give him the credit for his resume. He has a resume that most people get, don't can't say, um, can't talk about. They don't have it. So give him the credit. You know, I the, like the that. going to be there. Everything's going to be there. But give, give him the credit for his body of work. I like that. Give stand 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 up for you for for your teammates. Stand up for what's right. I like that. I like that. Uh, the last thing is okay. <clears throat> out of out of all the things so i'm i'm a person i celebrate people like i don't i'm not i i don't get jealous <clears throat> of people envious of people um right. and all of that because i believe that the pie instead of believing that you getting some something successful takes away from me i just like oh yo that's great Let, let's grow the pie if he's doing great oh that means that that, that when i get it that means my, my check gonna be even bigger so, but however, mm-hmm. however, in that you have something that I want, <laughs> you have something that, that I was like, oh my God, if I could have, this would just make me so, so happy. You, my friend are an NFL player that has a gold medal. Like, dude, and, and it is in a sport that I love. I love to watch. And then me and you got a chance to do it together. And that is curling. You were the honorary captain for the U.S. Uh, for the men's U.S. Olympic curling team for the 2010 Winter Games in Vancouver, and I just thought that that was the dopest thing in the whole world because I used to always tell people I love curling, watch it on TV, and they're like, "What's what's curling?" They should always laugh. They're like, "You like watching this?" I think it is so entertaining. Like, what was that experience like? Like getting a chance to go to the uh, opening ceremony to the games, all of that. It was a great experience. I, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything in the world. Being able to take those memories with me, with me for the rest of my life, man. Uh, it's just something that you sit back and you say, wow, I, I wish everyone could experience this. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have an opportunity to experience it. So they have to live vicariously through uh, the ones that they know who has, who had the opportunity. But um but yeah, man, it was it was amazing, man. I, you know, I don't know what. I guess I can compare it. I can compare it to the Super Bowl, but on a on a totally different level. 
You know, I mean, there's tons of activities. There's events everywhere. I mean, you have curling events, you have ice skating, you have speed skating, you have, I mean, it's everything you can imagine. I mean, there's people everywhere from all across the world. I mean, you, you, you're, it, it's, it's just like something that it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, and once you experience it, you'll, you'll say, wow, I'm, I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Why didn't, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why didn't I experience this? Why didn't I, um, know about this? It's just something you have to do to see what it's like. Which, which do you show off more, the gold medal or the Super Bowl ring? I'm going to have to show off that, uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to show off that Super Bowl ring, man, because regardless of, of the experience, I've only, you, you only experienced, like I said, you only experienced yeah. that. You experienced that when you experience it, but uh, that Super Bowl is something I've been working towards since I was a kid, man. So I can't really, uh, I can't downplay it and act like it's something that doesn't really matter. Oh, it does. It does matter. It Especially it when matters, you go to man. like so college games with the, with your boys or you see them. I know every time right. I see Ed Dixon, I see him at, I well, I usually see him at an Oregon game and, and he always got that damn Super Bowl ring on. I just want to just take it off and throw it at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's nothing like that Super Bowl ring. Oh. Uh, dude, that is that is absolutely awesome. But uh, you're you're actually doing some really great things right now outside of acting and outside of all that because you were in San Francisco in the middle of really like the 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 tech boom and and all of that, mm-hmm. and you did something that only a few other players did, but you were one of the first people involved. It was with a company called Fantex. And they mm-hmm. would uh, take uh, where you could be a publicly trade. Your earnings could be publicly. Your future earnings could be publicly Trade. traded, mm-hmm. and at and it was at ten percent. So you got a chance to be publicly traded. Like how did how did you come? Like how did you say okay, cool? Because that takes a lot of forward thinking. And how did it work out for you? Uh, it, it does take a lot of forward thinking. You're right about that. It's a it's a big decision that you have to make. So at the time when I entered, when I signed up for Fantex, that they had, you could either give up 10%, 20% or 30. And I think Arian Foster was one of the first ones on the platform, but then something happened. So then that's when I came in and I was the first one to, to, to do it. I did 10% because I don't believe in giving, giving someone 30% of anything, right? I, I just, it's just something I cannot do, right? As a businessman, you want to keep as much as you possibly can and not give up. Uh, that much, right? So yeah. I gave up ten percent of my football income as well as my future brand income, meaning endorsement deals, etc. Not excluding business opportunities. Now they have the right to come in and invest with me if they wanted to, or what have you. But uh, I thought it was a great platform because of the the members that they had on their board. I mean, it's it's all about it's all about um uh the people that you have that you're surrounded by, right? That's what life is about. You surround yourself with like-minded individuals, like-minded people. And that's what I did. I felt like I was uh, surrounding myself with, with individuals that had um, great track records, great resumes, and, and they believed in the same thing that I believed in. Um, and at the same time, uh, not only just my career, but post-career, I'll still be with these group of individuals. And, we'll be on the same wave, wavelength. So we'll be striving 
for the same things and and that's why that's why I did it. You know, so, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the the four point five million dollars that they gave me um for the ten percent of my football and future brand income, but it was it was more about uh the growth, the longevity of being with these group of people. So how uh, much who's now called X Ten. So that's the name of their new uh Oh oh X oh so 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 Fantex is now. dead but but X ten is still going on. Yeah, it's private. It's not. It's just not public. They change it from a public, uh, from public to private. Okay, so are are guys still doing that sort of thing? Oh yeah, they're doing really well too. They're into baseball now, and I guess after baseball, they're going to move into basketball. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. them, with them, big loan guaranteed money. Um, <laughs> so how how did you make out in that in that deal? Was it were you was it a positive experience or were you like, ooh, I could have could could have saved a little little bit of money there? Where which which one with uh, Fantex? You said I could have saved a little. No, bit? No, 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 no. I'm asking, was it a positive experience for you? Did uh you make some money in the situation or were oh. Oh yeah, sorry to cut you off, George, but uh, yeah, I um, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a unbelievable experience for me. Um, looking back now, uh, since the time that I signed that contract with those guys, it's been nothing but amazing. The the relationships that I've been able to cultivate, um, everything that I've been able to build, uh, just in conjunction with those guys, it's been great, man. The events that we've been able to have put on, and the events uh it's just it's been phenomenal man i i can't i can't look back and say that i wish i didn't i wouldn't have done it um i'm glad that i did it okay you know what i'm saying yeah it's yeah just, no no yeah, i understand yeah, I'm, I'm glad sometimes i'm glad the, that i sometimes yeah, the yeah, relationships I'm, I'm glad I did it. sometimes the relationships yeah. and the and the networking is worth more than the money sometimes because it, it leads yeah, to man, future I'm deals i'm elated yeah, so I'm elated, and and I say that with uh with the big heart. I'm elated, man. Uh, I I am. And so that got you into the venture capital space, and so I know that you've been involved with everything from Jamb- Jamba Juices to currently you are uh, invested in a company called Pathwater. Uh, can can you tell mm-hmm. us about that and how you guys are trying to change well yeah. b- better the environment and people's lives? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like to invest. That's one of my hobbies. Uh, since I've been playing, well, the, since the last six years of my NFL career, I've been learning the 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 realm of investing. Uh, Pathwater is a group that I invested with. I, I met them in their infancy stage. I went out, flew out to New York, and met with them. Uh, we had some mutual friends who who kind of in, introduced us. And at the time, I was actually looking to create my own my own brand. Um, uh, of beverages, right? So I met this group and I sat there and I saw how ambitious and dedicated they were to to the brand. I was like, wow, I would love, it, it makes sense. Yeah, after going back and thinking about about it, it, may, it would make sense to get in bed with these guys because of what they're on. They're on a mission. They're, they're uh, we, all, we have the same energy. They're, I see how they're trying to grow. I believe in the brand. I believe in the people behind the brand. Most importantly, because without the people, the brand doesn't exist. So, um, after doing my due diligence and and uh, really focusing on on um, on what I wanted from this, 
it all made sense. So I went on ahead. I invested. I've been with those guys now for, I want to say, going on three years. Yeah. Wow, it's been a while. Wow. So I think we're, we're, it's about time to exit pretty soon, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. As, as, as long as it's 10x or better, that's even, that's that's great. So, and you hey, guys. Man, you, oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. And you guys are doing aluminum bottles, which are supposed to replace plastic bottles, right? Yes. Aluminum bottles. Um, uh, which is a uh, which is a huge thing right now. We just took over San Francisco Airport. They banned plastic bottles, well, the majority of plastic bottles in their airport. I know San Francisco is is huge on it. So uh, with all of the, uh, the 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 killings and that's going on, all the animals that has been killed in the ocean. Uh, I think the turtles has been a big issue with turtles dying because of plastic. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, it's devastating, man. If you can really see. I know a lot of people can't see it. It's not tangible to them uh, from the eye. But if you can really spend time and really do your research and look at what plastic is doing Dude, to the all ocean, the trash, plastic, like it's like a the pollution. Yeah, it's like a trash doggone island that's floating out in, out in the ocean. But people don't don't think it's a big deal because they can't see it. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a huge deal. And even like the transporting goods, like. A lot of times what happens is that these plastic items fall into the ocean from being transported, right? I mean, from rubber, uh, you have rubber toys that even fall into o to the ocean. I did some research on that. And it's like a lot, of, a lot of times these animals, these living creatures under the ocean, beneath the ocean, they come up because they, and they eat these items because they don't, they think it's the real deal. They think it's like something floating on top of the water. So they eat it and it kills them. It, it, it's killing them. So um, if we can mitigate the single-use plastic water, single the use of single-use plastic water bottles, then we're on to changing the world, making the world a better place, and making a difference. And that's why I signed because of their mission, not only because of the product, the the the, the their ability to sell these these aluminum bottles, but their mission. Uh, you know, it's it's more about refilling than landfill filling. So that's what they're about, and that's what I'm about. That's why I signed. Okay. Um, and another company that you're involved with is called Pescavore. Um, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've seen this out. What, tell it, tell us about that. Again, sustainability. Um, Pescavore is all about the, uh, all about the ocean. Um, they, they're encouraging people to, to not only buy their product, they, they want you to, the, to buy it because it's, 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 uh, it's healthy, it's, uh, sustainable and it's all about the food and the ocean um get get rid of they they're trying to they they want you to stop eating the eating like the chicken and steaks and and lean more towards the healthy stuff from the ocean um and that's why uh pathwater and pescador really uh connect because i like fish jerky I, I didn't think I was gonna like fish jerky until until I had it. I was like, oh wow, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But if we can keep our ocean safe, but if we can keep our ocean safe with companies like Pathwater, then we can have that sustainability that we need with the with the healthy fish uh from out of the ocean. And that's what Pescavore is all about. That's what they're encouraging people to do. Uh make sure we keep the ocean safe so we can continue to live and and eat healthy from the ocean okay man you are you are doing a lot of great things um you know in business wise family wise all these things 
But uh, the, the the last thing I saw the other day was your Vernon Davis Foundation. Some amazing things that you guys are doing to help families who are affected by the coronavirus. And we don't know how big this thing is going to get. We don't know how, um, you know, how many people it's really going to affect. But we saw Carl Anthony Towns and, and his family. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your foundation doing and how can people get involved if they want to get involved? Yeah, my foundation is doing a lot. Uh, so I started out with Vernon Davis Foundation for the Arts because I wanted to um, uh, find a way to empower and motivate young kids to pursue their arts. Because you find that a lot of kids are afraid because they want to be cool. Uh, they want to play sports instead of pursuing the arts. But art is everything, man. Art is therapeutic. Art is the way of life is everything that we're surrounded by. Uh, that's what I did. Then when I arrived in Washington, D.C., I decided to take a uh, a broader approach because I wanted to um, feed the homeless. I wanted to make sure the kids had school supplies. Get, kids were being able to uh, read and have books in their school. So um, I wanted to change the, the scope of my foundation uh, where I was able to have this charitable foundation i can help everyone i can help every every sector and so that's what i did it's all about helping and giving back to those who need the help uh within the community um and you can follow me uh vernon Davis foundation um dot org you can also find me on twitter um and yeah my information is on social media if anyone wants to find out more about the foundation uh, they want to get involved uh, they can contact me and uh, the people that I have working with me. Uh, yeah. And I'm always on Instagram, by the way, if you don't know, Vernon Davis at Vernon Davis 85 is where you can find me. Uh, please feel feel free to reach out. I'm always there. Uh, I care. Well, too. well, I I uh, blocked you after you posted that video beating beating me and curling i blocked you i was like i'm never following this dude again he's a terrorist (laughs) (laughs) that's funny well man i i appreciate your time today man i really did not block you i was i just hate losing so so much but (laughs) i appreciate your time today thanks for sharing so much thanks for opening up we appreciate your time uh hope everybody enjoys it uh, thank you so much and uh, appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you, George. Appreciate you, man. I, I loved it, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Wow, there's a lot of things to digest from that interview. Vernon shared a lot of really good things with us and had a lot of insight and perspective. And I just wanted to point out and, you know, discuss a few of the things that really stood out to me the most. And I liked how he talked about how it was important to him in the NFL to be able to retire and not be able to be kicked out of the league. Like pretty much everybody, just like myself, it happened to happen to Peyton Manning happened to pretty much everybody, but to be able to go out on your own terms, go out healthy. And really the fact that he valued his health because his body was doing good. He had made it 14 years without any surgeries, which is witchcraft, which is absolutely unbelievable. But he noticed that he did have a few concussions. And the fact that he chose his family over money, over glory, chose his health, is not only is it noble, but it's great and it's respectable. You have to love that and you have to 
appreciate that as well. But speaking of going out on your own terms, his brother, Vontae, went out on his own terms with the Buffalo Bills. And Vernon wasn't critical of it, but he did say that he would have made a different choice. And I and you always have to. It's funny, especially with family, you always have to walk a fine line, especially when you're doing a public interview. You're saying, all right, I respect you. I honor you as my my brother. I honor you as my family member. But, you know, I would have made a different choice. And but the fact is, it wasn't critical. It was honoring his brother's choice, but saying I probably would have done it differently. But he did point out something really, really good is that players play for different reasons. Some players play for the individual glory. Some players play for the team success. Some players play for the money. Some players play because they think it's what they're supposed to do or the only thing that they can do. And Vernon pointed out that with him, he played for both. That's why the question that I asked him was a different answer than what I would have get given about the Super Bowl ring, which on that team, that uh, Denver Broncos team, he was not a star on that team. He was a part, didn't catch a ball that whole entire postseason. But he still would not, even though he gave 14 years of his life to the NFL, trade his Super Bowl ring for a Hall of Fame gold jacket. Me, on the other hand, you ask George Reister, I want the gold jacket. And it's not because I don't care about team goals. It's just I realize that the way I look at it is, is that we're all mercenaries in sports. Yes, we're working the team goals, but people change teams. People make different choose to go to different teams because of contract situations. Owners want new people in place. Look at the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton, giving them so much, giving them part of his body, so many injuries, but they want to move on. So why? So I've always looked at it like, why should I give all of myself to this team? Not not give all of myself to the game, because I believe you should give all yourself to to the game. But the team, eh, I don't know, because I see the gold jacket life after there's always endorsements. There's always money. There's always, I mean, and truthfully, you can't feed yourself off Super Bowl rings. You can't keep yourself employed. You can't keep yourself all this off Super Bowl rings. But you can off of gold jackets as long as you stay out of trouble. Because how many times have you seen, oh, Hall of Famer. That's the first thing they put up. Former, uh, former, not just former NFL player, not Super Bowl champion. They put up Hall of Famer. Top 50 all time. NBA NFL 100 greatest. Huh. That's the way I look at it. But Vernon, I love it. He had an amazing career, caught a lot of balls, caught a lot of touchdowns, caught a lot of yards. So and he's happy with his choices, which I love. Um, He talked about his family growing up because I asked him about my nephew whose father is absent and Vernon's father was absent. And I noticed that And he didn't give us all the reasons why his father was absent, but he did say, you know, he pretty much had other priorities that otherwise in life, he's been a good guy. And I always ask this question. I'm always like, okay, can you be a great father, but not a great husband? Can you be a bad, a great boyfriend, but not a great father? I mean, like how do, because 
some of those things interact and play like have some overlap because I'm, I'm a husband. How can I be a great uh, father without being at least a good husband? You know what I mean? Because part of my job as a father is to be an example to my, to my kids. So those two things overlap and intersect. So it's always, you know, dicey to me when we get into that, because you can appreciate somebody for the person that they are and how they treat other people. But then you're like, well, why didn't you treat me like that? And that's where Vernon said he forgave his father and has gotten over it and been able to move on. And then the same thing with his mom. The fact that his mom is in recovery and doing much better, changed her life like you have to applaud that. And then you look at his grandparents and them raising him and how those things uh, play into your future and into your life. And I loved how he said, it's life. You have to just keep moving on. You're going to experience bad things. But the fight is what's important. You being willing to fight and get up and, 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 and move forward and not let these things cripple and crush you, but have outlets and be better for it. I love that because the moment that you do lose your fight in life, you might as well crawl up in a corner and die. Because that's what you're doing. You're slowly dying if you give up your your fight. Like your fight is so important in life. Um, but he also talked about his creative outlets, which are acting. He's had an art studio before because these are things that he cares about because he was an art major. And I thought that that was so important because so many times in sports, your athletic ability, well, the, the, the same thing is true in acting with childhood actors, musicians, young musicians, all of this. Sometimes your God-given ability takes you to places that you're not spiritually, mentally, emotionally ready for. You may be ready for physically, but you may not be ready in those other areas. So you do have to grow and mature in those areas. And sometimes... Uh, a lot of that, like your character stuff, your other outlets, they get minimized and not um, and people don't push those for you to for you to expand and grow in those areas. So that's why a lot of times when professional athletes finish, some some of them don't know what they're going to do next. They're like, this is all I'm good at. All I did was play ball. Yeah, you can dedicate your all to something else. Look at look at Kobe Bryant. Perfect example. No more dedicated athlete. No more. There you can you can you could probably find some people who are equally as dedicated to whatever their field is, but you won't find a more dedicated person than Kobe Bryant. Kobe learned how to speak multiple language languages. He learned how to play the piano for his wife to be a great uh, to surprise her for an anniversary or something or birthday. He learned, uh, you know, he learned how to tell stories. He learned how to venture capital, learned, learned all of these things while he was being a great athlete. So I think that that's so important that we stress to our kids who are not only athletes, but if they're musicians, if they're artists, if they're pianists, if they're just brainiacs in school, you need something else as an outlet because there in sports, you only have so many laps in your legs. So I think that that was a great point that he brought up to us as well. Um, I love what he's doing with 
sustainability with the companies that he's investing in. Because these are companies that are legislating themselves into business, essentially, like Pathwater with the aluminum bottles. Got the San Francisco airport. So that will if it goes well, that will expand to other airports. So if you're in the plastic bottle business, you're not in the wave of the future. You need to be on this aluminum or some other alternative, which I loved because you always have to be forward thinking. It's like if you were um, investing right now, you wouldn't invest necessarily in an oil company. You you want to be in the energy space maybe, but maybe not in the oil company because cars are trending away from that. Like you will be a dinosaur if you if you do that. Always have to be forward thinking. Um, yeah, you guys make sure that you guys check out. He's also we didn't even talk about. It. He's doing something called Players TV which will be coming out soon. So you guys make sure you guys follow Vernon, catch his movies, Red Winter. And I mean, he's doing so many things that, and these stories don't always get highlighted about athletes that are doing the right things in terms of their post-career life and not having any bad things happen. And the last thing I want to talk about that Vernon talked about was how to deal with public adversity. Because he's had some public adversity with his family, kids, all of that. And that had to be super hurtful. And I loved how he talked about as fathers, or even if you're a woman in the situation, relationships, your kids are going to figure out the truth. So there's no need to lie to them, no need to sugarcoat it to them. You just tell them, I mean, obviously age appropriate. You just give them your truth and you recognize I made mistakes or I, or I did not make mistakes in this situation. And, but here is what I do. And you let your character be the lead because your kids will figure it out. Just like you figured it out about your parents, your mom, your dad, whether you had the greatest parents in the whole world or the worst parents in the whole world. You know the good things about them, bad things about them, things that make them tick and all of that. Um, It was a great podcast today. We thank you. Well, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your energy. I appreciate it. Please make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and check back next interview and send us a, well, send me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. If you have ideas, tips, any of that, love to hear back from you. Love feedback. Peace out.